Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. I'm your host Andy and I'm here for your week 11 review in the NFL. Uh, and this week I am uh, solo this week. We haven't got any guests this week, but we will be back hopefully next week with some further guests you may have already seen on our show before. Now the week started off on a Thursday as per usual. And this week started off with one of the one of the worst, probably the worst Thursday night football of the season so far, as the New England Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons twenty five to nothing. Uh, and then we head on to the Sunday slate. This is actually something I had the pleasure of actually uh, being a guest on Talksport two, uh, the, the live radio coverage of the NFL uh, Sunday action, uh, the six pm till nine pm slate particularly, uh, and the Washington football team. Um, and head coach Juan Rivera beat his old quarterback Cam Newton in Cam Newton's first start back in Carolina. Uh, and the Washington football team beat the Panthers 27-21. But the game, I, the first game I wanted to focus on in detail was uh, the next game, which was a bit of a shock uh, as the Indianapolis Colts hammered the Buffalo Bills 41-15. Now, this is the game which... Um, was really surprising because the Bills, you know, the Bills, um, sorry, the Colts started off zero and three, whereas the Bills came into the season as the one of the Super Bowl favourites. But in truth, um, it looked like the other way around. The Bills looked really poor. I mean, Josh Allen has actually been poor for a few weeks. In the Bills, they played us, and they only got took to a second half to get going. They didn't gain touchdowns against the Jags, and it's just been sort of a very mixed few weeks for the Bills. But um. I think they they look very one dimensional. I think they look really just sort of the their run game has been a problem for ages, and Josh Allen is their best runner, which says it all about a team's problems. If their best rusher is the quarterback, which nine times out of ten doesn't work, um, it's just yeah, it, it it's quite confusing how it's happened. But the Colts give credit to them; they were excellent, and particularly Jonathan Taylor, who got five total touchdowns. Uh, he had four. Um, from the from the ground game, and he had one receiving touchdown as well. Uh, he combined for a total of, um, let's have a look at this. So he got 185 rushing yards uh, with four touchdowns, as well as 19 receiving yards and an extra touchdown. Um, in terms of this game as well, Josh Allen did lead the way with 209 yards with two touchdowns, two picks. With Carson Wentz only had 20, 20 attempted passes, 11 completions for 106 yards with one touchdown, but zero interception. So the, the, the Colts went through the, the route of um of going down the run game. It was working perfectly, so what, why change it? Um, and it was just an excellent performance all around. Um, in terms of receiving yards, yet again, uh, it was not um, a great section of Indianapolis. Their best receiver was Jack Doyle with 30 yards, whereas Dawson Knox, uh, Bill's tight end, led the way with, with 80 yards. Um, but defensively, uh, it was there was quite a few interceptions. There was, in fact, three interceptions from uh, George Adam, Kenny Moore and Zaya Franklin, all of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, only one second the whole game came from rookie Quitty Pay um, and tackles. Matt Milano led the way with nine from the Bills. And um, there was actually... Only one false fumble, again, from Quitty Pay. Um, yeah, I think the Bills all around will look to bounce back, and I think they will. I think. Then again, I say this is one-off, but it's been a few weeks now where they haven't been good. They have been a bit shaky. So it's interesting to see what will happen in terms of the Bills' the rest of the season when you get to the crunch time in the playoffs, where the Colts, they're now 6-5, um, and five, which looked like a real distinct possibility when, when they were 0-3 and, and they had that really bad start to the year. So... Credit to Frank Reich and the Colts. He did the same thing a few years ago when Andrew Lux last season as a Colt when they, I think they were 1-5 and five and they turned around and made the playoffs. So I think Frank Reich has proved himself to be an excellent head coach and I think both teams will look to be getting to the playoffs and I think both teams certainly can. Um, 
Other games that went on on Saturday, on Sunday I should say, the New Orleans Saints went down 40-29, losing to the Philadelphia Eagles with Jaden Hurts having a spectacular performance both in the air and also on the ground. Um, the biggest shock of the week came from the from Tennessee as Tennessee Titans lost 22-13 to the Houston Texans, who only, whose previous win had come on the opening day. So they snapped a um, eight-game, I think it was, losing streak. The Maui Dolphins win their third game in a row. Uh, they won 24-17 against the New York Jets. And then the next game I want to focus on was the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, who went, who took part in a really great game, really exciting game, which had a really good end to it as well. And the Vikings ended up being winners by 34 points to 31. Now, looking at the overall stats of this game, I mean, first of all, it was a frantic fourth quarter. Um, Packers took the lead 24-23 with seven minutes and 49 left with Devontae Adams getting a touchdown. Uh, Justin Jefferson responded in this, with just over two minutes left. Um, he got caught a touch, a 23-yard th- pass from Kirk Cousins. And then um, Marcus Van, Van Valdez-Scantling got a touchdown with just literally seconds later to make it 31 all. And then with the, the, the last kick of the game, Greg Joseph scored the winning field goal. And looking at the stats of this game, it was... Pretty impressive from both quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw for 385 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and still managed to lose. Uh, Kirk Cousins had 341 yards with three touchdowns, zero picks. Um, so there was no interceptions from the defensive side of things. Running-wise, Dalvin Cook had the best with 86 yards and one touchdown, whereas AJ Dillon was the best Packers runner. He had 53 rushing yards. And in terms of the receiving game, uh, Justin Jefferson... Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scanthing and Devontae Adams all had wonderful games. Uh, Jefferson had the best with 169 yards and two touchdowns. The next best was Valdez-Scanthing. He had 123 yards and one touchdown, whereas Devontae Adams had 115 yards and two touchdowns, with people like Adam Thielen also did well with 82 yards and a touchdown. And defensively, obviously, there was no interceptions. There was two sacks from Preston Smith. He was the best uh, defensive player in terms of that stat. Um, and Eric Kendricks of the Vikings had the best tackle um, combination with 10. And there was actually two fourth fumbles, uh, both from the Packers, Preston Smith, and the Vikings, Armon Watts. Now, for me, what does this mean in terms of the overall NFC North proceedings. I mean, for me, I still think the Packers are way above the best team. And I think even with this win, there's still two two wins behind them in the, ahead of the Vikings in, in the division. So in terms of that, I think the Vikings will be fine. I think that is Rogers saying has been an impact. I think they, they also they beat the Seahawks, but that was, again, I, I said last week, it was the, the rusty quarterback ball with both Wilson and Rogers, neither of them looking anything special. But I think Rogers. Is, had an excellent game and I think you can't really judge him on that but I think um, it was a defense that let him down overall despite the stats I've just given um, and to the Vikings I think that this now for me has them as a playoff contender I think that whilst you know whilst the Vikings aren't the most complete team I mean Kirk Cousins I've had questions about for years and years even pretty much since he joined the Vikings and um, I think he has had a good season. I think he's having a very good season statistically. He's had not many interceptions, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I still, I, I will, my, my mind won't be changed until he has a good game in the playoffs. Um, I know he had the one against the Saints, but he needs to be more clutching in prime time. But this might prove he was good in this game. He did get the Vikings down the field. And I think he is answering a few critics, but I think we'll see in the playoffs if they get there, that is, uh, if Cook Cousins is actually the real deal or whether it's just been um, sort of marred by sort of regular season stats but 
both teams are looking positive going forward. Both teams had a good game. Neither team can really go out this game thinking they had a bad performance. Everyone played well on offence, both teams. So exciting times for both teams. I think both teams can go into the rest of the season with a lot of excitement and and um, expectations. Um, other games going on on the, on the Sunday um, slate, it was the 49ers who came out on top against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, San Francisco won 30-10. to 10. Um, the Detroit Lions lost um, back to losing ways. They lost 13-10 to the Cleveland Browns in what was a very weird and, and um, lacklustre game. Um, the Baltimore Ravens lost to Mar Jackson um, on the, was it day or day before the game started. Um, and Tyler Huntley came in and he got the win. Um, he had the most passing yards in this game with 219 and they won 16-13 against the Chicago Bears. Um, the next team I want to focus on with the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat the Las Vegas Raiders 32-13. Now, both of these teams went into this game with a 5-4 and four record. Um, so both team, both these teams have sort of had, had great starts and the sort of recent results deterred them since had sort of meant they were sort of looking over their shoulders at other teams in the playoff contenders. I think for me, this result does probably end the Raiders' hopes of the playoffs. I think whilst it's not over, it's not dead and buried yet, I just think that they're too inconsistent and they're not hitting form at the right time. Whereas the Bengals, again, they're a hard one to predict because they had such a good start to the season. I mean, um, Jamar Chase and Joe Barrow have had an excellent connection and they proved it once again with Jamar Chase's touchdown in this game, which gave him a comprehensive lead over the Raiders. Um, and I think uh, defensively, Trey, Hendricks, Trey Hendrickson's been good. Um, and also um, people like Hubbard and, and Jesse Bates, all that, excellent players on this team. Um but yeah, I think Joe Burrow, I think for me, questions, I saw questions over him because I think before his injury last year, he looked spectacular. But I just don't think I've seen him quite have the same impact this year, albeit he made some great throws, has some good connection with Jamar Chase. But I do feel that there's something, I'm not sure what it is, but there is something missing from his game. I'm not sure what it is yet, um, but I don't think it's helped by a terrible offensive line. I saw him sacked um, three times in this game. I mean, Derek Carr had the most yards with 215, whereas Joe Burrow had 148. Um, in terms of rushing yards, Joe Mixon led the way massively, almost 100 yards more than the second-best rusher in this game. But Joe Mixon had 123 yards with two touchdowns on the ground. And then in terms of receiving, Darren Waller led the way. Uh, I mean, Jamal Chase only had 32 yards but got the touchdown, whereas Darren Waller had no touchdowns but 116 receiving yards. I mean, he's proving yet again why he's one of the best um Tight ends in, in the league and Eli Apple defensively got the one interception in this game. Um, 12 combined tackles from both Jonathan Abram and Denzel Payman of the Raiders. Um, there were a lot of sacks in this game. There were five sacks in this game. Um, Sam Hubbard, Yannick Ngokwe, Trey Hendrickson, Quinton Jefferson and Solomon Thomas all pitched in with sacks in this game. And then there were actually also four forced fumbles. Um, from two Raiders players, Foster Moreau and Yannick Ngokwe, and then also two Bengals players in Clay Johnston and, once again, the aforementioned Trey Hendrickson. Um, my final point on this was also I wanted to really praise um, Trevor Moirig, the rookie safety from the Raiders. I think he's having an excellent rookie season. I think he has been, I think, the Raiders, they had a weird draft where they took a player in the first round that was deemed to go in the second round, and then um, Alex, Alex Leatherwood, and then the second round saw them take Trevor Moirick, who a lot, of, a lot of people thought would be a first-round selection. So he has proved for me um, to be an excellent um, excellent rookie, I think. 
I'm going to find the stat now. There was a stat involving um, him and Jevon Holland of the um, Miami Dolphins about the sort of the rankings they've got. Um, I will try and find it for you now because I think it is it's important for um, to show how well he's done. Um, let me try and find it. Apologies, listeners, for my tardiness with this. Here we are. So I've got the stat loading up. I did an article on this when I um, looked at Jevon Holland's uh, performance. Um, so, yeah, so the best, so looking at the highest graded rookie safeties in this league, um, PFF have given Jevon Holland the best rating with 76.3, whereas Trevon Moirig is in second place with 72.8. So, to me, the Raiders, I think they've had a lot of issues. You look at the John Gruden scenario, you look at the issues with Henry Ruggs and, and, um, the other guy with the name, um, Oh, my my mind's completely frozen. What what his name was, but they've had a lot of issues with players, with with coaching staff and all that. And I think that it's a tough task for the interim coach to come in and do this. So, I think the Raiders. I think that for the last four years they've had the same pattern of doing well in September. People bigging them up, and then they get to the crunch time, November, December, and they all seem to always go off the boil. And this is exactly why I feel the Chiefs, who are coming, starting to come good now exactly a contender for the playoffs um but it was still you know i think both teams can be happy well the raiders can't be happy but the bengals can certainly be happy because they've got a win which now moves them to six and five um sorry six and four i should say um but as the games went on um the dallas cowboys i mentioned the chiefs the chiefs beat the cowboys 1999 um capitalizing on a few um, injuries of the cowboys um and then the other game, the last game I want to focus on, uh, the last two I want to focus on, was the Arizona Cardinals against the Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Chargers. But before I do that, there was a game on last night on Monday Night Football as the Tampa Buccaneers got back to winning ways after a two-game losing streak. They beat the New York Giants, who were pretty terrible, 30 points to 10 uh, in a game that I saw the Giants' only touchdown be a five-pound, five-yard drive from... Um, from rookie, um, from the defensive tackle, Andrew Thomas. Um, so yeah, the last two games I want to focus on was the Cardinals against the Seahawks. They, the Cardinals won 23-13 against the Seahawks. And this is what I want to focus on, particularly about these two team seasons so far. Uh, before we do that, let's look at the stats. So the yardage in this game saw Colt McCoy, the back of the Kyler Murray, stepping in and having 328 passing yards with two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Russell Wilson had neither a touchdown or interception uh, and had 207 yards passing, uh, but was sacked double the amount of Colt McCoy in this game. Uh, Rushing-wise, James Conner was the leader with 62 yards and he got his 13th touchdown of the season in this game as well. So he's having an excellent excellent season and then receiving wise Tyler Lockett led the way with 115 yards where Zach Ertz was the best receiver for the Cardinals with 88 um and then defensively the defensive obviously there's no interceptions in this game um there was two t- sacks from Chandler Jones who's having a great season and then one and a half from Brian Moan of the Seahawks as well as a sack each from Isaiah Simmons and Marcus Golden 
uh, as well as um, Puna Ford sharing the sack with Brian Amore. Um And then tackles-wise, uh, it was 15 sacks from Jordan Brooks. He had a great game. Bobby Wagner had 14. Sidney Jones had, had 11. All of these Seahawks players, but yet they still couldn't get the win, which shows maybe it was more issues defensively than defensively. There was also three forced fumbles. Uh, Bobby Wagner and Brian Moan had the two for the Seahawks, whereas Chandler Jones had the one from the Arizona Cardinals. So... I really want to praise the Cardinals on this one because, um, first of all, they did all this with without DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best receivers in the league and definitely the best receiver for this team. And they also had Kyler Murray, who was the MVP, MVP favourite before the before his injury. And I think that for him to come in and, and beat the 49ers, first of all, a few weeks ago, and then, as well as this, to also beat the Seahawks, who had Russell Wilson back, had DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and this is excellent. I mean, you can praise the defence all you like, but Colt McCoy, to come in as a backup, someone who's been all throughout his career a backup, all throughout his career, um, and to, to do this was, was simply fantastic. And I think that this is why the Cardinals, for me, are actually more and more becoming favourites for the top, becoming really big contenders for the Super Bowl, because I think to have someone like Calamari doing really well, last season, the same thing happened. He got injured. The backup came in. I can't think whether it was McCoy or someone else. And they couldn't get the wins, and their season ultimately faltered. But this time, they've won two to three games without Kyler Murray, uh, and the one game was only down. And Elsie lost the one game uh, to a last second um, mischance where they obviously the AJ Green incident and the interception from the Packers. But yeah, they've they really lost one game without Murray, and I think it's really impressive that they're doing all this. King, Kingsbury, of course, the head coach, he's answered a lot with critics before the season started of whether he was a good head coach and he's proven to have an excellent season and he's proving why you give coaches time they get things right um meanwhile for the Seahawks I think that's their season done I can't see any way for them getting back in there into the playoff hunt especially with the division they're in with the record they've got now it's just not what you expect from a Pete Carroll um Seahawks team and it's really just they seem to just really just be I mean Chris Carson's injury is massive they haven't really got any sort of replacement for him um, and then you just look at everything else it's just not B. Cowell's not getting it right on offense it's just been a really disappointing season from the Seahawks someone a team that you know they did so well last year um, ultimately lost to the Rams in the playoffs so yeah I think the Seahawks are in trouble but before we go into the last game I forgot a quick stat I found from watching last night's Monday Night Football coverage Tom Brady right has more has 154 career passing touchdowns um, from the age of 40. This is more than the entire career of Roger Staubach, Bart Starr, and the other one is Sid Luckman. All these three players are all Hall of Famers. And I get the argument that yet passing passing stats wasn't there when you're younger. The, the focus on passing has increased way more in the last 10, 15 years. But you can't deny how good that stat is for Tom Brady to have more touchdown passes than... Then the these three players from just the age of what that's just what's it four years? He's forty four now. Just in four years to have more touchdowns, um, I think it's spectacular. I think it's it truly is something you have to behold. And I think stuff like these that shows why he is the goat. Because he he done this with two different teams, and he's obviously won multiple Super Bowls in that period as well. So, um, praise Tom Brady. Kudos to him. That's an excellent, excellent achievement. But the last game was. By far the best game of the whole weekend. One of the best of the whole season. As the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Steelers 
41-37 in an absolute classic. Now, this one had a very impressive end to the game. I mean, looking at the, at the game, um, when the fourth quarter started, it was 27-10 to the Chargers, so that the game looked over. I imagine that maybe a lot of UK Steelers fans may have gone to bed thinking it was done, but it was an amazing turnaround event. Chris, um, obviously, Chris Boswell got a field goal, then the G. Harris got a touchdown, but Austin Eckler then responded before Eric Ebron and Pat Freemuth both got touchdowns. Um, Chris Boswell got another field goal, but then right at the end, um, yeah, Marcy Mike Williams got the 53-yard pass um, and the touchdown. So, yeah, it was impressive. And the stats also highlight this. Now, my actual systems froze, uh, but you've got to praise, first of all, Big Ben. Someone has been maligned all year, including myself, the fact that we all felt he was done and it just wasn't, wasn't looking right. And then he's just think they, even though they lost his game, they they kept fighting, they kept going, battling in, battling out, and they kept going for it. And to, to get obviously to lose forty one thirty seven is frustrating, but you also have to um, admire the fact they've done this and managed to keep the game so close when all things looked looked lost at one point. But Justin Herbert is proving yet again to be the best best callback from that draft last year. I mean, we all you know we all liked. Um, Joe Burrow going into the draft, he was seen as the, the next big thing. He was seen as the, the big talent that everyone wanted to have and people should trade up for. Same thing as Trevor Lawrence this year. Um, and he's just absolutely proved everyone wrong. I mean, no one, look back at the, this reminds me very much of the Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson draft. But that draft, people were confused why the Bears didn't go for the Sean Watson. So he was, the Sean Watson was, from what I remember, seen as the, the best quarterback in the draft. And um and yeah, I think that he um obviously proved to be not a very good quarterback. Um but this time round when we when we took Tua, when the Chargers took Herbert, there was no sort of thing saying, Oh, they, they went for the wrong pick. Uh, it was all sort of scenes that everyone got the right player. They thought that the Bengals got the one they wanted, Dolphins got who they wanted, the the Chargers who's got who they wanted. I think that it's um obviously proved out to be Justin Herbert to be the best quarterback and I think that um, we just have to really just really really just look at this and think how special he is because he's first of all you know he was not someone people, a, lot, a lot of people thought he'd be a bust a lot loads thought he'd be this sort of boom and bust sort of player no one thought he'd be the player he's turning out to be and so far in the first year and a half two years he's been exceptional um, and looking at his stats for this game um, yardage wise he had 382 yards with three touchdowns one interception uh, and then he also had he also led the game with rushing yards with ninety as well, uh, including a very good run actually in part of the game where he ran about I want to say about thirty or forty yards. And then receiving wise, Keenan Allen had led the way with one hundred twelve yards, whereas Deontay Johnson had one hundred and one with one touchdown, and Mike Williams had ninety seven yards with one touchdown, and Chase Claypool had ninety three, whereas Austin Eckler had two touchdowns but just sixty three yards. Um, and then looking at the game from the defensive side of things, um, there was only one interception from Cameron Sutton of the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was one and a half sacks from Alex Highsmith of the Steelers. And there was also only one forced fumble from the Chargers, Uchenna Nwosu. So for me, I think the Steelers can go away happy because they did do well in this game. But the Chargers have to be so excited over Justin Herbert. They have to be so excited Defensively, there's a little bit of questions there from the defence side of things. But offensively, Justin Herbert looks a real deal. He looks like someone that you're going to 
look back in 20 years, 30 years as one of those great players of his generation. You look at the likes of... I don't think you'll ever been. I don't think he'll be that that conversation of the best ever. I think that the people like Rogers and Brady and Montana will be too high in that regard. But I think, since the next level down, I think he definitely will be definitely. I think personally, when he will be considered in five years' time as the third or fourth best quarterback in the league, I think he. There's nothing he can't do. He can run with the ball. He can pass. He seems very strong in the pocket. He just seems all around very capable quarterback and he just really is a credit to himself. He seems quite reserved character, seems quite, you know, seems quite um, like a humble guy and a very down to earth person. So I think he's got a lot going for him at the moment and I think he is going to be a star. But that does conclude our podcast for this week. It's been a very short one. So um, apologies, it's not as long as your usual one. But Next week, we're back for more NFL reviews of week 12. Can't believe I'm saying that. It's been such a crazy and crazy season that seems to have flown by. So I have been, I have been your host, Andy. This has been the Euro, pods, Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast, and we'll see you in a week's time.